The title today is Be Still, I've Got This, God. And I know it's not very apparent at the very bottom or on the front of the, the, the photo here. But what you've got is a ship sailing out in the calm water. And off to the left, looks like a pretty big storm coming. So before we dive in, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning in a spirit of worship, in a spirit of humbleness, in a spirit of wanting what you want us to hear. Um, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your eyes. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, first of all, a confession. That's not my work. Um, it's, it's something that I got off of the pages of Facebook. One of my friends posted that from the Philippines. Um, he, he's a really neat guy I've grown to know over the last six or seven years, and I really love some of the stuff he puts up. I look at Facebook way too much, and once in a while I come across something that I'm really interested in. So that's kind of where this, this whole topic got started for me. Um, this, this seems like to me like it's a very, very powerful image. The majority of the photo looks like a, a beautiful, calm, sailing kind of ocean day. Um, and it's not until we look a little bit closer at the picture that we see the storm off right in front of that ship. Um, makes you wonder what the captain is thinking. Um, makes you wonder what it is that he's going to do. Is he going to go turn around and go back and maybe Jaws is back there and he's thinking to himself, I'm going to need a bigger boat? Or maybe his battery died, he can't direct his ship, and he can't call for help. He can't communicate with anybody. Um, but the majority of this picture is a peaceful, tranquil, peaceful scene in, in, my, in my mind. Um, just as we can only know what we can see in this picture, we can only see the ship and the sailboat, we can only know what we can see in our picture. And in each of our pictures, that's only scratching the surface of what's actually there. It's, it's an incomplete picture at best. Can we control the storms? Can we control the sharks? Can we control the battery? Well, maybe the battery. Um, <laughs> to, <laughs> to tell you the truth, I don't know the first thing about sailing, just, just to be honest. I do know a little bit about being a dad, about being a husband, about being a son, about being a friend, and an anesthetist. And no matter what you do, what your, what your passion whether you're whether you have a profession, whether you're uh, whether you're, you get your joy in recreation, I think all the stuff that applies to this picture applies to you too. You can only see what you've got the limited vision to see, and the rest of us, and we have to look at God to see the rest of the picture, or to have confidence that He has the rest of the picture. So, be still, I've got this. Sounds like a bumper sticker. 
Sounds like a Hallmark greeting card. But actually, it's in the Bible. Um, Psalms 46.10 Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in, in... How many times do we think about how life is going along so smoothly right now and we're going along and for weeks at a time the weather is the weather is beautiful and sunny it's it's gorgeous outside our lives are just the same as that weather we have no bumps in the road we have no real hurdles our refrigerator keeps working our car doesn't break down but in the back of our mind is always what if what if my dryer breaks and i can't dry my clothes what if my um, what if my car doesn't work? What if my battery dies? How do we prepare for those, for those times when the bad stuff does happen? Do we sail only when there's no sharks in the water? There's never no sharks in the water. How do, do we go out when there's only... Do we only go out when there are no storms to be seen? What about the one that's just beyond the horizon that we can't see yet that's blowing towards us? Or do we have backups for our backups for our backups and keep three batteries on our boat so that one powers the, the navigation, one powers the communication, one powers the motor, one powers... We could do all that. Or can we trust the one who keeps us safe no matter what the bumps in the road happen to be and do we get do we take peace in him to me the command be still has a couple of meanings if we're still it doesn't just mean that we're motionless inactive or apathetic or paralyzed by fear um, be still to me is to have peace despite our circumstances when I'm anxious or worried or frightened, either I'm not still, either inside or out. I don't know about you, but I quiver, my palms sweat, I get flutters in my stomach, and my brain doesn't work. I can't think. I certainly don't make good decisions when I'm, when I'm anxious and nervous like right now. <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm that little boat right now. <laughs> and you're the storm. Uh, Be still is to have peace. But when you walk out the doors this morning later on, are you going to be surrounded by peaceful messages? I don't think so. Here's the list of what we're going to look at when we leave this building. Presidential campaign. I could say a lot, but I'm not going to say a word. Um, global warming. Making a mortgage payment, funding a retirement account, getting the kids to clean their room, getting to baseball or softball on time, 7.30 Tuesday. Um, relationships are not easy. They're stressful with either family or friends or coworkers. It's, it's just not a peaceful life in, in our culture. So what is peace? 
I know a lot of you out here know that peace is when the baby is sleeping. <laughs> Webster definition of peace is a state of tranquility or freedom from disturbance or agitation. Calm, repose. Sounds like a completely effortless state of being, but is it? I don't know when there is ever a freedom from disturbance, no matter what you do, whether you're trying to, trying to breathe in and out, that's, there's resistance there. I like to look at words, what words mean in other languages and cultures, and especially the word peace. Does everybody know the Jewish word for peace? Shalom, exactly. How many, how many definitions do you think the word shalom has? The, the source I looked up said it has four different um, definitions. The word shalom can be a verb, an action word. Um, the first meaning is wholeness of life or body. I don't think that's a passive endeavor. We have to eat right, we have to exercise, we have to get our vitamin D, but we can't get too much or we'll get sunburned and we'll get cancer. Um, so I don't know where the balance is if we just listen to that. Prosperity or success is also not passive. Somebody told me one time, good fortune favors those who work hard. Victory over enemies or absence of war is the third definition of shalom. Victory or, or absence of war either requires great negotiating skill or it requires a great battle to win that war so that the war stops. My personal favorite definition of shalom and the one I'm going to spend our time on today is shalom is a right relationship or harmony between two people or a right relationship between man and God. We haven't talked, I'm going to break away for just a second. We haven't talked here very much about the Bible app um, in the last few months. The Bible app is an awesome resource and it's so easy. If you got a phone, you got a Bible in your pocket um, to download and to search things and to search terms and search it's just awesome. I would encourage all of you to get that. Okay. Back, back to Psalms 4, 8. David was being chased and he was fearing for his life when he, during the time that he wrote this, this passage. In peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. We belong to God. Therefore, it's his job to take care of us. And he will take care of us. I had a really, really awesome childhood. My parents were married for almost 70 years. My dad had a job for 20 years, and then he got another job he held for another 20 years. He worked really, really hard when I was growing up, and sometimes he'd come home from work after being there at 6 in the morning at 9 or 10 in the evening. And... I would just lay there in my bed. We, we lived in a 900-square-foot house, so you could hear everything that was happening all the way on the other side of the house because it was only that far away. Um, 
but I could hear my dad come home and I would lay awake in the evening and I'd wait for him to come into my room and say goodnight. And once he did, I could take a deep breath. I could relax and I could fall asleep. That's what I think about when reading Psalms 4.8. In peace I will both lie down and sleep for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. I, believe, I belong to my dad. And as long as he is big and I'm little, he'll take care of me. I knew that. So trusting in God. Another verse that I like a lot is Isaiah 26, 3. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. So if we we are so able to keep focus on things in this world for hours at a time. We can watch a football game for three hours and look up and wonder where the time went, where the Sunday afternoon has gone. We can focus on the trail on our mountain bikes for hours at a time as well. I can fish on, focus on fishing for the whole day. Why can't we focus on opening our Bible at six or seven or eight in the morning and spending one hour with that or a half an hour with that? That would give us far greater rewards. If we focused on that, we would learn who God is, what He does for us, how He cares for us, how He takes care of us through all the storms every day. Talk to God all day long. Maybe not out loud. That might end you up in a hospital with some very unique people. But... Keep your mind on God all day long, like, like Isaiah 26 tells us to. Luke, 20, Luke 10, 27 um, talks about our relationship between God and people. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. When Jesus came to live with us, he demonstrated exactly how to have re right relationship between God and men. Ephesians 2.17 He came and preached peace to you who are far off and peace to those who are near. For through him we both have access to one spirit, to in one spirit to the Father. How many times did Jesus tell us to check out different people than we were and to criticize them for their faults and to criticize them for their differences? Never. Not once that I can recall or can find. So his entire goal in being one of his goals was to accept each other and even love each other for our differences as much as we love ourselves and we usually love ourselves plenty I think James 1 
verse 5. Okay, there we are. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. At our weekly elders meeting, we spend a lot of time praying for Gunnison, for the college, the university, and for the valley. We pray often that we are able to impact the lives around us. But like Ryan said last week during the child dedication, we as leaders of the church, we as parents, we as grown-ups can dedicate ourselves to helping our children learn to know God. Just as we as leadership of the church can dedicate ourselves and our membership to knowing the heart of God and to learning what God wants from us. We can't make the congregation do anything. All we can pray, all we can do is to pray that you have the same heart that we do and that each and every one of you can do something out there to to influence a non-believer, a college student, somebody that's brand new here, somebody that doesn't know anything about us. Um, when we all truly have that heart from God, we're going to knock over the university in a heartbeat. Once they see how we love them, how, the, how we get involved with them, and how we pray in, for them and treat them like the objects of God's desire, they'll, they'll come and see us, and they'll know us, and they'll learn to know God through us. So practically, how do we try to accomplish shalom? Well, the list is really, really long on how we try. I'll mention a couple of ways. We fish, we hunt, we spend our time on Facebook, we spend our time looking at porn, we look at, we drink drugs and take alcohol, vice versa. We work, eat, shop, sleep, bike, kayak. We do anything that takes our minds out of ourselves and into an activity that can distract us from God. Those are great activities, all except the porn and alcohol stuff. But how much better would it be if those of us who ride bikes, or those of us who go fishing, or those of us who hunt, who shop, would take somebody along with us to shop or to fish or to hunt who doesn't necessarily believe the same thing we do, and in gazing at the lake or gazing at the trail on the mountain and beholding God's beauty how can we not do that for unbelievers that's that's one of the most missional I think things we can do in this valley and it lets us get out and play and have fun however if the goal in these activities is to escape people escape strife escape reality how does that honor God I don't think it does so much. So the way that I think that we try to accomplish shalom is to read, to look at the verses that I showed you. They'll be on, they'll be on the podcast. And to look at this. 
try and wear this book out. I can't give you any specific verses besides the ones I already have. There are a hundred listed, a hundred verses listed regarding peace in the, on the Bible app when you go to the search bar. So I thought that might take a little bit too long for this morning. Um, but if you'll, if you'll open up that app and look at verses for peace, I'm sure that you'll find that God has one there that's specifically suited for you in the time that you're looking for it. If you already have that right relationship with the creator of the universe, show it off. It's something to be proud of. It's not something to hide under a barrel. Make people astounded by your sense of calm and peace when everything around you might be falling apart. Um, I can think of several examples of that just in our midst, just in the last couple of months when things have not gone well for people and they have praised God through the middle of it. And I know that's going to be honored by God either now or later. Real peace is to be found in the pages of his word. It's a map to the Savior. Let me talk a little bit just about my dad. He was never one to talk about God as we were growing up, but he was a Christian without a doubt. He still is. Um, we were raised in the church every Sunday morning, every Wednesday night, every Sunday evening youth group, every time the church's doors were open, we were there. And it rubbed off. I always knew that dad was a Christian more by the way he acted than by the way he spoke or by the way he talked to us. The way he cared for us, his involvement in the church, he was a deacon for a lot of years. Um, I could always see his faith, faithfulness to his jobs by the few jobs he had and the commitment he had to those employers, even though I could see that they weren't treating him the way I thought he should be treated and by the way a number of our friends thought he should be treated. But he just stayed quiet. He kept his nose down. He kept working. Saved a little money all through his life. Um, Mom died a couple of months ago, for those of you who don't know, and for those of you who do, still. Um, since then, I think Dad and I have talked probably five times a week. And every single one of those conversations that we've had, he says as he looks back on his life, he can see that God has been taking care of us, our whole family. And in quotes, he says, God has put me in this good place. He said, I wish I would have never been concerned about my retirement, how I was going to afford to live when I didn't have any income, how I, how, I, how I should never have been concerned about this. My dad was the guy who would sit on the front lawn in the summertime in this little tiny town in Kansas, and he would watch the birds picking worms out of the ground. And he would tell me in the later years, look, God's providing for those birds. 
they don't have to do a thing except fly around and land and they land and they find birds and they're fine they don't have a care in the world he said how I wish that would have been me I think that's such a beautiful testimony of a man of God's love for a man and his family I only hope that you and I don't have to wait until we're 88 years old to realize and to verbalize how good our Father is to us and to praise our awesome God for the way He has taken care of us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, some of us know You so well and some of us struggle to know You better than we know the things of this life. Show us your greatness. Teach us this week through your word how much more valuable you are than the things we're putting in place of you. Lord, we ask you to enter our hearts, enter our lives, and show us the true shalom that you have for us. If only we will listen for it and believe that it's true. In Jesus' name, amen.